drop. Storyfort presents Voices of Treefort Music Fest. Here we are. I am Larry Rosen, along with Christian Wynn, the founder and director of Storyfort itself, in yes, the presence of greatness. Yes. Co-founder. But that's okay. Doesn't make me feeling any less in the presence of greatness. <laughs> well, thank you. And speaking of greatness, today our guest is perhaps the biggest wheel, one of the biggest wheels. I don't want to step on any tires. Yes. One of the biggest wheels in the Treefort universe. True story, yes. Yes. Mr. Eric Gilbert. Gilbert. Yes. The <laughs> festival director. The festival director and dating all the way back uh, years before the first tree fort actually happened, he was involved from the get-go. He was one of the founders, for sure. One of the founders. But that's not all that Eric does here in the Boise, Idaho, is it, Chris? It is not. He's a good basketball player. Oh, really? I didn't yes. know that so part. Can, all right, we can talk about we that. We can talk a little bit about hoops. Uh, he is a longtime member of the band Finn Riggins. Riggins. We got Finn Riggins. Finn Riggins, who in their heyday paid 200 shows a year, but I think they've backed off a bit because he's got so much to do here. This is true. Fill us in. Well, I guess like this festival we're this talking festival. about. You're um, speaking from firsthand experience on how busy this festival oh can keep you. It is a year-round you know, sort of operation, and yeah. even more so with Eric and their team just because... Well, it's like 450 bands. Yeah, his operation is much bigger. So we're going to talk a little bit about the origins. We're going to talk a little about Eric's personal story. And we're also going to talk about a couple other things. One of them is how to sort of keep your arms around something that starts out small and then gets much bigger in a relatively short period of yeah, time. it's going to be the ninth year. It's the ninth year. And during that time, the number of participants has, I don't know, quintupled, quadrupled, Increased by a score. A score, we'll say that. Um, And I'm also interested in finding out uh, what it's been like for a grassroots event like this to get involved with local government the way they have. Yeah, Eric can. uh, He can attend. He can can speak to that. Speak to that a lot. He does a lot of that hands-on stuff. So that's super interesting. What they do with the whole community of Boise and beyond. He also travels. I know around. the country and That's the right. world, They've They're checking out other festivals and doing the research. He can talk to us about some of the other things he does outside of Boise and Treefort. Yeah, and I even read uh, in an article written about him that they're now in the position of, whereas they started Treefort to import talent, now they're sort of exporting the idea of Treefort to other places, places yeah. that are interested in putting on their own festivals. Absolutely, and they have like Treefort showcases at other festivals around the, you know, mm-hmm. the region and the country, and Eric can speak to that for sure. Well, let's not waste any more time listening to us talk to each other. No. Uh, let's get him in here. And, and by the way, before we do, I just want to say how impressed I was at his laser-like focus on the sound. As we yes. were setting up, oh yeah, getting a little too much bottom. Well, he here. does all that a for heavy. part of his living too with Duck Club. We'll talk about that. It's a production company that's an offshoot of Treefort, and so he produces, he does his sound kind of stuff. Okay, so, so yeah. he knows his stuff. Right now, he's getting a tour of Storyfort Presents Central, also known as Eavesdrop Studios. Eavesdrop Studios. As soon as he wraps that up, we'll get him in here to talk to you. Perfect. Eric, welcome in. How was the tour of the Eavesdrop Studio? It was, it was great. Yeah. Um, so we want to really, there's a lot of stuff to cover. I mean, you're kind of Mr. Treefort. So explain how your involvement started. And, and, yeah, as I said, I think it's cool. You guys are t- taking the time to get a lot of different pers- perspectives on this because, you know, I can only share my vantage point of my entry into involvement in this project. And so... Well, I was born in 1978. No, the, uh, <laughs> I actually have that in my notes. Okay, great. See, grew up so, in West Boise. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, so not going back too too far. My, I, I was in a touring band with my wife, and uh, we a, we do want to friend. talk about talk that about too. Williams, right? Finn yeah. Riggins. So we were touring a bunch at the time, and um, we 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 moved to Haley, Idaho, in 2006 from Moscow, Idaho. Just committed to basically live on the road. So between basically the end of basically the beginning of 2007 and through 
for like two years, we were just touring a bunch, and we were basically just had a, a mailing address in Haley, Idaho, which is, have you been to Haley? Uh, have I been to Haley? Ketchum. It's yeah. in the, on the same highway there. You may have. And, and you, you were touring with your wife and the third band member. How long had you been married? Oh, we'd been married. We got married in, this is the big test, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, we got married in 2002. So okay, we'd so been you, married for, you know, so yeah. So you weren't newlyweds. No, exactly. Which I would have, that might have been That would have been quite a challenge. We yeah. were literally, I mean, we were living in a small house and we were living in a van. Wow. And pretty fast we got signed to this label out of Portland. There was a brand new label called Ten, Tend Loving Empire. So mm-hmm. we were going over there a lot, but we were also, we were traveling the whole U- United States and... um my, my my dad started getting sick though, in, in uh, you know two thousand. I mean, he'd been sick for a while, but in two thousand eight, it started getting like to the point where I was just like wanted to be closer to home. Being two two hours away wasn't close enough, and um, also we were sort of missing just being part of a music community or part mm-hmm. of a more a broader community in general. So yeah, that's that's quite yeah. a that's quite a challenge to bring on yourself to decide to just be on the road all the time as a young band because yeah. you don't have that community. Yeah, we were. Well, the cool thing is, like, the touring community is a community in in, in of mm. itself, and that kind of leads into this, actually. So, you know, we were making all these friends out. We were, you know, and we were friends of the Boise community. But when we came home, we we were just basically like hustling, and we were we were hermits. So we we were pretty active in in the broader community, but didn't have like a, you know, we were being asked to move to Portland a lot by our oh, okay. our label. There was a lot of good reasons to consider that, but we also love living in Idaho. We love you know mm. we love what it offers us and. Um, wanted to stay close to family, but also just like the, the like rivers are clean. We like access to the, to, to the outdoors. And this is kind of a non sequitur, yeah. but I bet that experience would have been different now in 2019, just because <clears throat> it's so much easier to be connected to people you don't live around. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Then it was MySpace. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> and how efficient was that? Not, it wasn't very, very, very well, efficient. Cl- so. Clearly not efficient enough to survive. <laughs> so you came back here. Yeah. So in 2009, we moved back here, but we were still touring a lot. In fact, in 2010, mm-hmm. we did our longest tour, which was like eight, eight, 80 days on, on the road. You know, we just covered like a, a big chunk of time. And how's, how's hygiene work out? <laughs> 80 days on the well, road? it was about day 42. I think we cleaned the van. We did a full, like, oh. scrub, full scrubbing <laughs> of it. So, um, <laughs> Like how many shows do you play like in 80 days on those kind of tours? We only had, I think we had like four days off or something. We, wow. You know, we were, we were playing a lot of DIY shows, but some bigger ones. And we only stayed in a hotel seven of those nights. So you stayed in the I, van the other Stayed in the van or just with people uh, other. Yeah, we were staying in, in home. So, so we were going to know a lot of these other music scenes. But on that trip, that was the first year we played South by Southwest. and um, Which is going to come up later. Yeah. And so and we had been playing Music Fest Northwest in Portland, which was a similar multi-venue mm-hmm. style festival. This one in Denver called the Underground Music Showcase. We played CMJ in New York City in 2008. And so we were, we were getting a taste of like these style of festivals. And So I, I do want to I, I want to get to Treefort, but I'm really curious we're, we're, right now, in 2008, when you're traveling this much and your entire life is this band and this music, mm-hmm. what do you think is in the future for you? No idea. I mean, yeah, I think like when, when we sort of quit our jobs and just committed to this, we were just really open to where wherever it would take us. And we mm-hmm. actually, we sort of defined it as like we just, we wanted to just do that. Like that was success to us, was just traveling around, playing playing our, our music and mm-hmm. I think we were very like in the moment with it, to be honest with you. And as you as you got toward thirty, were there any inklings about wanting a family, or was that um, in the distance? We had been talking about it, but it was still in the distance. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I mean, quickly, I have a six year old now, so I had a daughter so, in two thousand thirteen. So so you had to come home for that. Yeah, but we were <laughs> our, we at that point. Yeah, so that that's related, you know. And I think like, and part of it back to that touring community thing. One one thing I really loved about these style of festivals was. That that was the one time, like, I remember at CMJ in 2008, a bunch of our touring friends were all there. Mm-hmm. And we played a show, and they all came and saw us. And we usually only get to see them play when when we are in their town and they're, and they're playing with us. And we didn't, you know, so you only, you knew of each other. You'd see their posters at certain clubs that are two days ahead of you everywhere. But these style of festivals, a lot, a lot of the bands stop and actually get to hang out amongst themselves a, a uh-huh. lot more. And so that's one thing that really attracted to me that style of festival as as an artist so, so. planted the seed in your head and, and yeah. in that community so everyone sort of starts out at the same start line but along the way some people go real fast mm-hmm. and some people go real yeah. slow yeah how did that impact the relationships you would have with each other oh, it was good i think you know i think most of the music community you know i think a healthy community cheers those around them mm-hmm. you know so i think it was always it felt like group success when somebody would get an extra leg up and 
yeah, and there for a while, I think we were we were playing that role for others in our community too. We started getting some bigger tours, and you know, we were doing really well in certain markets. And you know, I think like they were all wondering how the heck we were living on the road constantly. But big part of that is because we were paying really low rent in in Idaho. You know, it so, helps. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. So in fact, our van payment was more than our, our really. Our house leads. <laughs> and Haley, too. Not yeah. these days, probably. I don't know. No. We, we had a, a situation that helped. Uh, uh, so a confluence, confluence of events and factors leads you to decide to come to <clears throat> Boise. Mm-hmm. At which point you begin doing what? So when I first moved back to Boise, to be honest, growing up in West Boise, no mm-hmm. offense to West Boise, but I was fairly skeptical of that Boise would offer the things that I really wanted to see out of it. Like suburbia isn't the kind of community I was... I was in search for, search of at that mm-hmm. point in time. So I came, kind of moved back with some skepticism and we were living on the road a lot. We had, we knew some friends and, um, but in, in, I remember in 2000, yeah, it was actually 2011. I made a very conscious, you know, my wife and I were like, well, you know what, let's, we're, we were going to stop touring that much. 2010 was that year we did the 80 day tour. We were on the road mostly the, the year still. And we're like, all right, let's try Boise for, for a whole year and just see is this, you know, we were still touring a little bit, but we were, you know. And, and, and how connected to, were you to the music happening here? Um, we had started, you know, get to know it a little bit more. Like when mm-hmm. I was home, I was doing sound at Visual Arts Collective. I also do sound. So mm-hmm. I was kind of getting to know a lot more of the music scene. And we figured that part out. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we were starting to get involved and I think started to see, you know, and that started becoming, you know, we, using that 8 day tour as a good example, we had benefited a lot from the hospitality of, of others mm-hmm. and, you know, be there helping us set up shows in, in places or putting us up. So we started returning that favor a lot as we slowed down. All these friends, we'd played in like 43 states at that point. All these friends that now were trying to figure themselves out, start touring, started hitting us up like, hey, we're coming to Boise. Can, can you help us with a show? So, so that led to getting pretty involved with helping set up shows. Now, one thing I've heard from a lot of people who've sat in that chair is that one of the major reasons, I don't know, major might be overstating it, for the idea of Tree Fort was to get national bands in here. Mm-hmm. Was that something you were feeling too at that time? Yeah, I, there's a couple of, of points that I know played a role for me, and one of which was in 2010, uh, there was, uh, we were on that long tour and a, and a, and a journalist from Michigan was doing a phone interview with us, and she, she asked us what it was like coming from a musically devoid state like oh, like, oh. like Idaho, and but she wasn't wrong, and she was just like because she just had never there's no there was no export for it there was no like right there was no vantage point from the outside world to see what was happening. But, but don't you think it'd be more accurate to describe to describe <laughs> it as an attention devoid state yeah. rather than a musically devoid? Well, that devoid? was sort of we just we kind of laughed and we're like, well, there's plenty of music. You, yeah. you just, there's no easy way for you to know about it, and you That's know, and funny. so. Unlike Michigan. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> it sort of became, you know, that, that, you know, for me, it was like, that, that was a legitimate point about like, you know, and, and one reason why people weren't staying in Boise as mus- as musicians is because there was no easy way to be seen mm-hmm. while still living here. And there'd been a lot of case studies where that happened. And then, and then simultaneously knowing like tour, tour out east a lot, all the markets are really close to, to, together, but there, a lot of people would skip Boise, even though like geographically they need Boise to be a good stop for, for them so they don't have to drive 14 hours in between shows. So I definitely recognize the need to help Boise. Did anyone know. get to the bottom of why they were skipping Boise? Yeah, because, you know, there's a, no, I mean, I don't think there was, there's a lot of reasons. I mean, the, their shows just aren't, as, aren't mm. as strong. And so they often scheduled their off days to... They would just hang out but not play a show. Yeah, so because people need need off days. But at the same time, it's like, so I was coming, some of the initial pitch when we started going on the festival was to the national acts. Like, we know, Bo- we, you know, we know you want Boise to be a good stop for you so you can, you know, make more, you know, mm-hmm. make coming west more worth your time, you know. So. Yeah, so how much of the original plan was based on that? Like, let's get national acts in here. Yeah, so, so that's leading to your question about, like, so in, there were a few other friends that, um, you know, been kind of like throwing the idea around of this style of festival, be you know to it would be really cool in uh, in uh, Boise and and this was a group of people you were already in with yeah kind of they were like like Matt Jones and Matt Daly and a few others we you know there were you know Radio Boise was just getting on the air we were all kind of like involved with that and we were just acknowledging some of the the uh, gaps in the scene still there was Youth Lagoon had just kind of 
started to get a lot of attention out of here. So there's like this new like optimism in town, like, hey, there's something happening here. Mm -hmm. Like, how can we build off of that? And so in our sort of talks, and then that's when I met Lori Shandro and Drew LaRona, when they were in a parallel universe looking to, you know, potentially open a venue or they wanted, they were music fans that wanted to find a way to yeah, get, get involved in the scene. Wasn't the original idea to open a venue? Yeah, that, 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 that was where they were at at that point mm -hmm. in time. So there was a convergence that happened where they were like looking to do that, but they had gotten some feed, feedback from some of the music industry it was like, well, have you ever put on a show or like, you know, and, and like, oh no, so we should find, <laughs> find somebody that knows this. So through asking. where you came in? Yeah. Thing? So, so through asking around, they've, they found me and Lori and I met and um, she, the original ask was just, hey, will you help us put on a couple shows? I was like, yeah, mm -hmm. that sounds fun. Sure. <laughs> I love so doing that. So. You were promoting shows at the time? Yeah. Not under any moniker. I was just like You're, helping yeah. with, with shows a lot. And so, so we met a second time and I was like, you know, I was thinking about it, but we you know some of some friends and I have been talking about this little festival idea that, you know, w what if oh. we tried tried so, that out as so this. That, so that's why you bristled when I said it wasn't your idea. <laughs> well, to be clear, I didn't bristle. <laughs> I just, I mean, I, that, that, once again, that's my vantage point of like, yeah, okay. kind of how then it became a collective idea, but at least, I mean, to be frank, my idea was like for three days, we'll have like 60 bands and keep it real small. So right. It almost feels like it couldn't have happened without all the people's agree. ideas at once. Yes. That's exactly how I feel about it. So I was sort of the, the music mind that came into it, but but that alone wasn't going to accomplish what, right. what, you know, and that's kind of like Treefort in a, in a bottle is all these different, all these people from different silos coming together, you know, so what, and collaborating. So. What year was it that you all first got together? Because it was a ways before. Well, so that was August 2011. Okay. And so thus then they officially, you know, essentially said, we will, we'd like to fund you leading this thing and you know and at the time i was working at pie hole with uh, chris well, yes, yeah. that's how i got to know mr gilbert yeah. so i'm like we need to get the pie hole guy in here at some point because oh, yeah. it seems to be the epicenter of everything that happens in this there city there are a lot of artists and you know sort of yeah. uh change makers that have worked there and yep. still do mm -hmm. unless as an artist you know yeah. you gotta actually pay the bills and get some pizza in your fridge yeah. that kind of thing i so. will say like i mean you know that was it, as an artist it was good and especially as a touring artist that would disappear for large chunks of time. Ah, the legendary yes. job you can leave and come back. Yeah, exactly. And from being new new to town, I guess I know a lot of people really naturally just being so I, I agree. I I'm a I'm a proponent of having the pie hole guy. Me, on. Like, yeah. yeah. Russ. Russ Crawford. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 My landlord. That's true. <laughs> staying staying in uh, his Airbnb. That's right. Yeah. So so real quick, so we met in August of two thousand eleven. Um they essentially, you know, hired me for, for lack of, you know, to start on August, on October 1st of 2011. The first festival was March of 2012. So it was actually a very short wow, run, but run, runway. But so it was an official hiring. Essentially. Yeah. I mean, they were basically like, Lori had some money set aside from the passing of her late husband and um, wanted to, you know, basically invest in, in some, something with purpose with it. And so the intent was to spend a little bit of that money to get this idea going to then look at building a venue, and you, you know, I think and at the time. You, and your task was get the bands. My task was as the festival director. So basically oh, more like, than get the bands. Like make it happen. Yeah. You know, and we'll help you. And so we started meet, meeting in coffee shops and figuring out how we were going to make it happen. And soon after that, Megan Stoll had been coming to a bunch of Finn Riggins shows was the name of my band at the time. And she had recently lost her job. You know, it was, it was still like recession-ish at that time. And, mm -hmm. you know, and I remember just being like, hey, we're just starting this thing. You want to just help us? Because, you, you know. And so she she jumped in the ship really soon too. So it's kind of the four of us that were doing a lot of the initial meetings. So. And how long did it take for some sort of groundswell buzz to form before people figured out what you were doing? It took. We announced like the first three bands that were going to play. And who were they? They were of Montreal, Y, and Built a Spill. I think. Yeah, that was the. I know. Mm -hmm. And so. Built a Spill at that time weren't playing around too much, but they're obviously from here, so that wasn't. But they hadn't played a big local show in a while, and then of Montreal and Y had never played here, so it. And, and we at least you know James Lloyd, who had worked with my band, and this is actually kind of worth confluence a little bit. Like he had done merch for our band simultaneously, but in parallel universe, Drew was trying to find uh, an artist for this project and found James independently. And there's like, I thought just found this artist James. I'm like James, I know James. James is great, and you know, and so easy to find. So the na so thus we also had this like I mean James is kind of the, the obviously the art mastermind the like illustrator of all the all the work so mm -hmm. when we you know 
basically, I think we just announced the concept and just had really some of his art. And I think people were kind of like, what is this? And, and well, yeah. how I remember just to chime yeah. in here. I mean, I was, yeah, we like Story Fort um, was not officially part of the festival the first couple of years. Um, but just being actually working the main stage for Pie Hole with the mm, pizza cart, mm-hmm. with the warmer and uh, a tip jar out, um, I was able to see a bunch of shows. I mean, you know, I had heard about it, but enjoyed music always going out to the clubs in town. But then just kind of seeing it all come together as like an outsider, semi insider was like, whoa, this is this is happening. This is actually yeah, people and people are showing up. It's got this look. It's got this feel. It's got the buzz. Um, and that's just after the first year as an outsider here. Well, it's gonna, again. so actually, let me ask you yeah. then, Chris, as an outsider, that first year, how much did it resemble a fully developed project versus a work in progress? It looked really good from the outside. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I was you know working it a little bit, so I saw some behind the scenes stuff. But it was like, wow, these 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 people really put it together and it was really cool. It was like the overall look that James Grader, kind of that brand of what tree Fort was starting to become was just like immediately to me, it was like, Oh, this is cool. And it's, you know, kind of, they've got their uh, stuff together. Mm-hmm. So now let me ask you, Eric, mm-hmm. do you mind if I call you Tim? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, how accurate is that concept, that perception? Yeah, I think there was a perception that we knew what we were doing. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I know how that feels too. So. Yeah, I know. Well, I, I, and also, I mean, I think like there was buzz. Pe- people were excited, but that first year ticket sales weren't super strong, but they were, you know, there was, and it wasn't until the first day then when people showed up that we were like, oh, whoa, this is, so it, it was kind of still like, all right, here, Let's you know. see if someone see, shows up. See how, yeah, it was a little. Yeah. How, a little important, bit, how important was it to have Built to Spill involved? It was, it I mean, very, very. It yeah. sounds yeah. like it would yeah. have been. Yeah. I mean, you know, and so Doug and I, I, my band had toured with them a little bit. And so we had kind of, you know, so simultaneously that year. So that year we played South by, Finn Riggins played South by South in 2010. We were the only Idaho band there. So I was sort of like had this new mo- motivation. I was like, we need to get some Idaho bands there. And so that, um, I had been working on a, the first Boise showcase at South by Southwest and I'd gotten Doug and built a spill on board and Youth Lagoon, our band went down and Hill Folk Noir and, Lafleur, maybe yeah um anyways a few of us so that happened the weekend before the first tree tree for it so doug and i were already in this conversation like hey how can we sort of like you know and doug didn't do a lot but he's very supportive and for me to reach Mm -hmm. out to other bands even be like well well built spills playing it's like it immediately like legitimized it so yeah super helpful and it was very generous of them too so Uh, that first year uh when you gathered afterward what was the first item on the agenda uh, breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of my, I mean, I think it was a little too much for us to really fully process, but one of the things that, um, I remember very clearly and I, I think Lori would be okay with me sharing is, um, that process for her was like kind of what she had been, you know, from my take on it was what she was hoping that money would you know, I remember her mentioning something at breakfast that morning with the, kind of like some of the core crew about how, you know, she had been encouraged by pe- people to do something. You know, those things where you can go like smash things, and that's you know, you get rid of your grief by oh, right. sm- smashing things. You know, she um, she said that this was like you know she was able to build something, or you know, and it was the opposite of that approach. And for her, it kind of had had really like made a significant difference for her and her. Yeah, I think I, I read a quote yeah. to that end um, in a story. Yeah. So um, I remember that. And then I think all of us were just sort of like, I can't, I can't believe people showed up. I can't believe, you know, so. And, and I think also as an outsider, but mm-hmm. it was something like, the, I felt like the community really bonded or began to, you know, um, I'm sure you guys figured that out eventually, but, you know, right after that, it was a buzz, you know, just, I worked in the restaurant industry at the time and people were like kind of fried on Monday after the festival, but like, that was badass that was really amazing so and was it mostly locals at the who attended no and i know that you asked this question earlier oh locals i was going to ask the band one or answer that one finally so we purposely um i kind of at the time and still kind of reference this that i felt like boise at the time because of our isolation we're very self-referential if that makes sense so it was always like to be to, to really take care of our local scene was to just continue to prop our locals up and to only book book locals. And I actually feel like that was not good for our, our 
local scene, what was lacking was visibility and actually putting us on the same stage as national. So we purposely tried to book 70, more like 70% nationals, nationals or like pe- or at least bands from not Boise and then 30% lo- uh, locals. So um, as far as attendees, I think if you count the bands, there was a lot of people from out of town there. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know if there was a lot that traveled that first year. I do know actually a bunch came from Montana that first year because of why hmm. in particular. Are they, um, are they from Montana originally, or is it just because they like Y? Yeah, similarly, Y hadn't played in Montana. You know, uh, they were just like this band that hadn't played in a while, either, and had like a pretty cult following amongst youth. And, and Well, for so, those guys, I mean, they must be even more isolated in Montana. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had a thought when you were describing yeah. the insularity of the music world before. Yeah. It sounded like Seattle in the early 80s. Mm-hmm. You know, they were all there in Little Deal, and they were so far away, and no one was ever going to find them. Yeah. So let's jump ahead a little bit here. I wanted to talk a little bit about your changing role. Mm. Now, when you put on the first show, Mm -hmm. your goal was to put on this show. And I'm sure you probably weren't thinking much past that, right? Mm -hmm. And since then, Mm -hmm. it's become a lot of other things. You've basically become cultural ambassadors, Mm -hmm. and you've become involved... and is it overstating to say you, you guys have become involved in the local government or local governments become involved in you? Um, I, I don't think it's overstating. I, th- I think we definitely, we, we were the official cultural ambassador for three years. So that led to some more, you know, some, some deeper conversation with local government on like, and I've actually begun digging into, get, beginning involved in like a national conversation around music policy for cities. And so, yes, I think I've sort of gotten into that realm. Like, okay, how can, how can I help? city governance better understand how to service a music and art scene from the perspective of us artists. And I think the, the, the festival def definitely gave us a platform by which to, A, I think it displayed the value of, of a music and art scene in a really like amplified way that it was a, li- a little easier for us to start mm-hmm. like um, advocating for our value besides just that we're pretty pictures on a wall. We, we actually have deeper economic and cultural value that needs to be like recognized and, and, uh, considered when making de- decisions about I- infrastructure and all kinds of things. So, yeah, yeah, you've worked with, obviously, the city. <clears throat> you're the city of Boise Cultural Ambassadors for two years. Three. Three years. Me. So you're working right with the mayor's office and mm-hmm. with the city council, probably. and then It was mostly with the mayor's office. Okay. Yeah. And then also um, the uh, Department of Commerce or whatever, you know, or a supporter, I know, of the festival. Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, it drives people to Boise. So they kind of had the hip stir factor a little bit like Boise felt a little bit maybe like a, a little stepchild cool. or whatever but then all of a sudden it's like hey we we are the cool kids now mm-hmm. or kind of part of part of that so as to Shreveport early on at least from my point oh, you guys are totally the cool kids <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you the well now about 35% of our pass holders come from out of state mm-hmm. so I think Department of Tourism all these other entities started really recognizing that that it was a great vehicle for showcasing Boise, not just the talent that's here, but also Boise the town. itself. Yeah. Have you been approached by other smaller cities saying, we'd like to do something like this too? How'd you do it? Yes. Um, yeah, quite a, a decent amount. In fact, there's a festival in Reno now called Off Offbeat. They just finished their fifth year and they, you know, so I will say that first year we did it, there was a few festivals in the region. One was... Um, Something city arts in Seattle had been. Oh, I you know, remember that. Yeah, yeah. And I forget the guy that was up there, but he reached out. and was like, "Hey, if you need need any help, it's really cool. You guys are trying to do that, so try to like pay that back. So mm-hmm. you know, get on phone calls and help advise people, help warn people too that it's not as easy as it looks." And now, yeah. I think as someone who's been at Story Fort for the last two years from a writer's perspective and. Comparing that to other literary festivals, everyone who talks about Story Force says it's really different from other literary festivals because it's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I, <laughs> and I think as an arts festival goes, that's sort of Tree Fort's secret sauce, mm-hmm. that it's not urbane, mm-hmm. and it's not mannered. Mm. How mm. is that a challenge moving forward as you get bigger? I was thinking specifically when you mm-hmm. said you played South by Southwest. I mean, you know how that's changed. Yep. Are you worried because now you know there is Hacker Fort and yeah. those tech people? Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. Are you are you worried that the 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 overall vibe might change? And do you work to keep that from happening? Yes, I will say. And even back to another question you brought up, it was one of the first things after the first year is like, how do we? I mean, the vibe was so magical that first year because it was you know so out of the box and it was such this palpable excitement about it. So we've worked really hard. I mean, that's like really important, and that's not even. That's not all external. It's also internal. It has to be 
you know, so I think kind of our approach to how we work with the team too is giving everyone kind of a lot of freedom to do what, ex- do what excites them, mm-hmm. you, you know, and that translates to, have you had to, to turn away ideas though? Oh yeah. Which I mean, getting like when, when the guys from money Fort showed up, you decided, no, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're, we're pretty uh, bad at no's and we were getting better at no's. We're really good at yeses for, you know, for a long time. I can the, relate to that yeah. as well. Yeah. <laughs> well we was making a podcast. Well, sure. Yeah, we'll do sure. it. Why not? But I mean, I think that's kind of the spirit around it too, is like, uh, you know, I think a lot of these festivals, and I, I kind of bring this up with people when they're like, I want to design one like this. I'm like, to be honest, this was really small in initial idea and we have we have allowed it to grow in different ways that we didn't really plan for it to grow mm-hmm. like the forts thing people are like that's such a brilliant idea have all these forts I'm like well, it wasn't our idea like someone like christian came to us and like hey what about doing a literary component yeah just being you around know? it the first couple of years well, and then yeah. i just met you at uh what was mm-hmm. the name at the crux yeah where right. you would meet a lot this coffee shop it's mm-hmm. no longer there but um yeah, I was just like, well, what do you think? And then at the same time, the cabinet had to kind of have some ideas, so we yeah. kind of teamed up the first couple of years and mm-hmm. made our stuff happen, just kind of using kind of the prototype of like mm-hmm. what we saw the festival kind of turning into. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's been, mm-hmm. I don't know, what I've seen from the yeah. outside is all these other elements, the art fort, the hack fort, the mm-hmm. ale fort, the yoga fort. This is it, like, well, <laughs> this looks like we pl- you planned it, but it, it this is kind of an organic sort of uh, Well, our answer's evolution. always been, like, that's a cool idea. You want to do it? Just go for it, and then we won't get into our story right now, but it was yeah. it was nice to be like, okay, that's cool. We trust. And then, you know, along the way, there's little bumps in the team. I can attest to this. Like, they're the team, the marketing team, the kind of brand of Tree Ford. It's like, it's an organic brand, but it's they keep pretty, I yeah, definitely have a, vision for what you want it to be and we mm-hmm. see that when we make a little error in that vision or if we like <laughs> have the, some you know something in marketing is not quite on brand mm-hmm. if i brought the wrong tablecloth color to the oh venue, really <laughs> megan is like we're gonna have to replace those with the regular black with ones the... that we had approved you know so it's like it's not you know a strict strict but it's like mm-hmm. okay there's a, there are parameters involved it's, yeah. it's cool so and, and Eric, it's is a tricky tension and balance to keep, and that's more and more how my role is developed. And is part of that a way of keeping it from getting out of control? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Like, do you, so, I mean, I'm very aware of this South by Southwest, where it is now. I also don't necessarily think that was their fault. You know, like it, it was, there's a lot of what's not, like, people don't appreciate about it, like the giant Dorito stage, is that they didn't approve that. They actually tried to fight that for multiple mm-hmm. years, you know, so... I think we're definitely mindful of that, um, that, yeah, we have to keep control, but also allow bre- bre- breathing room for those that we've sort of approved, <laughs> I guess. That, yeah. You know. Um, backing up a little bit, uh, I re- you just mentioned Aylford. So Aylford were the first people to approach you, right? Mm-hmm. And what did you think? Was it something you had thought, had it even occurred to you that people would want to do offshoots? Or was it like, oh, how no. about that? And, and I think even at that point, I don't know if we fully understood it as an offshoot, just because it was like... Beer and music. Okay, yeah. Like I guess there should be a big like, beer tasting. Uh-huh. You know, in fact, that first year was like there. Was you, that the chaos year? It was the chaos year. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, you probably David probably talked <laughs> yeah. about that. So, um, so that's one we've added some more parameters to since. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think and, you know, and that you know, he's thus been on the team you know since then too, and and uh, um, so no, I think and it we just sort of so we started we as ideas came along we were saying yes 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 but we've definitely been in the okay this is probably a good amount now when pe- pe- people come to it with ideas it's like okay which fort does which currently existing fort would this make a natural fit to, mm. to be a part of for the most part do you think you've gotten to the point where you have to really pay attention to issues of growth now is there risk that it might lose its essence yeah yeah it seems like it i think um yeah it's hard to say you know i think like that's one reason why consciously don't book like don't put a ton of money into just one headliner that would maybe mm-hmm. attract a whole different set of people that were just there for that one band that's sort of like you know that that may kind of break it too you know does that make sense so, no yeah, yeah. It, it does because yeah i mean if you had the black crows here it'd mm-hmm. be a black crow show with a bunch of other shows yeah and they'd be like why are there all these little bands i've never heard of or yeah why are those people reading poetry like what the heck like i'm here <laughs> yeah. for the black crows they don't <laughs> sound like the black crows <laughs> i know i guess the the term or the 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 um, 
basically the tree fort is for everyone sort of motto is kind of and also and also the festival of discovery motto mm-hmm. is kind of seems like that's kind of evolved it's naturally out of like the process and people can kind of wrap their minds around oh it's, i can discover new bands here that's probably yeah. what it's about because there's there are some some people I've you know maybe do do grumble like oh, I've never heard of these bands. Mm-hmm. Why do you bring the Counting Crows or the Black Crows? Excuse me, not the Counting. Or either I, I or might yeah. not be able to tell the difference. But there are yeah. yeah. So I think that's one of the cool those things about the festival. I didn't know who I was that first year, and I was mm-hmm. there. I was like, these guys are pretty cool. They've been around for a while, but I'm kind of you know was out of it. The Y loop. The Y loop. Well, I think that speaks to and to the model to and, and something you 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 ran with with Story Ford and the other forts too is like it's really it's it's always been these are being programmed by artists in their current scenes and and the idea is to book artists that are relevant to other artists that are active in those scenes more so than necessarily what the broader public has heard of as all of us that are artists and part of these sorts of things realize that some of the best artists aren't that overly recognized at times. Well, you know? yeah. So. Right. And that was something maybe we could segue into just for a second mm-hmm. for yourself as an artist mm-hmm. and uh, not being able to play as often <laughs> as you used to. I mean, I can relate to that. It's like a lot of energy. You know, the writer I'm still out there mm-hmm. writing and teaching writing and that kind of stuff as well as doing storyboard, but it takes a lot of creative energy to do that and also the whole entire staff and of Treefort mm-hmm. and the team. There are a lot of talented artists, but I, so I agree with what you just said, mm-hmm. but how has it been for you? Like, how do you feel? Do you get anxious? Like, if you don't get to play a couple shows a year, or do you feel like you should be back in the van touring ever? No. Okay. I mean, <laughs> really? Yeah, I, I think for me at least, and I think, and it probably wouldn't be for everybody, but for me, like the, I'm, I'm more on the artist advocacy side now, and I'm, I'm, I'm equally as fulfill, fulfilled in that. And to be honest, sometimes I think I'm, I'm better e-equipped for, for that role, and I feel hmm. like I'm more naturally fitting in, to, to you know. Um, my place in it all and and i and i get a lot of joy out of it i get a lot of joy of empowering artists that excite me and that was one thing even when i was a musician i was always you know i loved watching all the other bands and supporting our friends and so it was a kind of a natural fit for me i like playing music too but i also have been enjoying it if i'd have some free time just to actually just have some free time <laughs> yeah i, I kind of so, get the itch if i'm yeah. not doing it yeah, you know so if i get like a little crazy um but so i, I totally still do that, you yeah. know it's that well, it's just a different thing for it is, different artists yeah. you know? it is a challenge mm-hmm. to and we talk about this a lot to understand that finding your place in your chosen world mm-hmm. it may not be the role that you thought you were going to have at yep. first yeah but you might find a role that suits you better totally and for you it's interesting too because you started as an engineer mm-hmm. yeah and music kind of found you yeah. Or, yeah. It was similar. Like, I think I was just called for something that just like, yeah, I was just called to it and sort of like wanted to do something different. Yeah. Like engineering at the time felt um, like, like that's what I had always assumed I'd be doing. And, and it came relatively easily. I don't regret not being an engineer. I don't think. <laughs> but, <laughs> it's, but it's so, certainly not out of yeah. bounds for engineering math types to end up in music. Oh yeah. I always say Pythagoras was one of the first mu- music theorists. And, and, oh. so. I was a music theory major in the end, so more so. But um, yeah, I feel yeah, and I feel like all you know. That's where I feel like my 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 experience being in a band, doing all those things, taught me all these a lot of things. One of which is rolling with the punches, and you know, doing everything you can possible, but then be, being okay with how things happen. You know, you know, like let, letting go a, a little bit, and also just being the real to really like empathize with the other in, interests and needs of, of like artists, and you know, help help design what we do in a way to, you know, work. When you were playing, when you were playing in Finn Riggins, and Mm -hmm. I I think I asked this sort of before, but I mean, what was your, what was your burning ambition as a musician? (laughs) I don't, I think I, I, um, initially just to play one show. And then after that, that, that was success. And then it was sort of like, just kept going. I don't know, you know. Yeah, kind of yeah. just to finish something. That was always my ambition. Yeah, yeah. Just finish something. Yeah, and it's just, and then I just loved everything about it. And one of the biggest things I loved about playing music was the traveling and the connecting with other people and just being excited about what other people were doing. And yeah. And, and how, just to get a little esoteric, how is your worldview? I mean, this was all sort of underway, but as a father now, mm-hmm. how do you integrate that into what you're doing for work? Being a father? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I did say that um, when I had a kid that. Uh, being in a touring band equipped me really well for that. Like I felt like having you don't a kid sleep. was, yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't sleep. I, you know, work at weird hours or whatever. And, and, uh, you know, a little bit of 
poop here and there was, you know, it's just, it's all, it's like <laughs> 42 days before cleaning. The I van. just didn't have it. Like, so, so I think it prepared me really well for, you know, I think I'm a pretty patient father and, yeah, you know, I think, um, some, sometimes wrangling bands is kind of like wrangling a kid. So I think, was that, was that the, did I answer the question? More or less. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, my daughter comes to all the meetings. It's fun. She I was wondering about it. What does she <laughs> yeah. do during the festival? Well, historically, my, my mom has been coming down, and so my mom lives in the area, and she'll come and hang out, so live, stay in the hotel room with us and mm-hmm. take her around. So she just turned, my daughter just turned six, so like last year was the first year she was kind of maybe taking it in more, mm-hmm. you know, so it's fun. Does she play music? Yeah, but definitely not pushing her that way, but she's playing it a little bit, and doing, she, she likes to draw a lot. She's a really good drawer. Mm-hmm. I am excited, you know, and so you mentioned something. A couple of things I'm really proud of with the festival, one of which is that there's a whole host of people in Boise now that will come and see a bunch of artists of all sorts they've never heard of. Like that was, that I think is one of the biggest changes that has happened post the festival. Yeah, because I mean, it's highly yeah. curated, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you're getting thousands of, you know, bands yeah. applying, we're getting, you know, a bunch of, you know, dozens at least, uh, you know, applying to be artists for just story for it. And then, you know, it's not just like just throwing anybody out there. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. Some people will kind of figure that out. I think like, oh, if you go to Tree Fort, you're going to see some really talented music mm-hmm. musicians that you wouldn't mm-hmm. otherwise get a chance to see. And I think that's the same for like Yoga Fort or Ale Fort or mm-hmm. Hack Fort or Story Fort or Comedy Fort, all yeah. the forts. Yes. <laughs> but just historically in a lot of towns, especially in Boise, there wasn't a lot of media covering like the underground music and art scene. So people didn't, if they didn't know about it. And, you know, so it was main, mostly like mainstream ra- uh, radio and I don't know in the, in this, in the literary world where, you know, probably in school yeah. and stuff, but, you know, so the fact that people, it's almost not even the artists that are there, just the concept that, you know what, there's actually probably music out there that I would love. I just don't know it yet. Well, do you think you know? in, in the seven years, seven, mm-hmm. eight years of, of doing Tree Fort that you've in a way trained the audience? Yeah, I mean, not you know, I think yes, it's definitely shifted it. I would there's, say it's completely. But they fixed, know now, but, you know, I, there's always going to be stuff I haven't heard of, mm-hmm. and it's always probably going to be good. Yep. Yeah, I think there's a, definitely a core a core audience that that's their perspective, which is a pretty awesome thing yeah. as as a curator, but also as you know, for the artists that show up. I think mean, the artists every year are just blown away by. There were so many people on my show that that's so you know nobody knew who I was you know and so I think there's I remember even one of the podcasts last year I was listening to dark the Dark Tank one and they're like oh well, yeah what are you all doing here you know <laughs> yeah. so like, how did you even know this was happening and these people just kind of show up and I think that's a really cool thing as an artist and um, that's not always the case at festivals or shows in 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 general well so. and and I guess have you accomplished your initial task which is to get more bands to come to Boise outside of Tree Fort yep so. The other things I was going to highlight real quick is there's now this whole generation of kids, including my own, that's going to grow up with this as, you know, their access to new music and art. And it's just going to, you know, it's, they're, they're going to be a whole different um, humans from, from it. But then the other thing is when we were touring a lot as a band from here, is always like, you know, we were kind of exotic. Like, oh, you're from, you're from Idaho. Whoa. But other, there's also like, cool, like what's there? Like, what, you, you know, now I think when bands tour from me, like, oh, you, you're, you're from Boise. Boise's oh, cool. oh, awesome. And like, That's awesome. And, and there's a lot more bands that are like, I want to play Boise. I want to go play, you know. And I think the festival's played a large role in that, but yeah. also people showing up in other times too does. So. That is I mission was, accomplished. I thought when I moved here from Seattle, <clears throat> after seeing the grunge scene blow up and all mm-hmm. that, and then traveling the country too, just in a van, um, I just... Uh, Always thought that this was in the late '90s. Um, that it was like, oh, this could be like the next Chapel Hill or Athens or Austin or something like that. But it mm-hmm. wasn't really doing that. So mm-hmm. now you've done that. Are they helped that happen? You yeah. know, and that that's kind of. So I mean, knowing you know Athens, Georgia, I, would, I was '91, sure. '92. Like I was mm-hmm. traveling through there, like, oh, this is where all these bands made it, you know, mm-hmm. the B-52s and the yeah. R.E.M. and all that and stuff. DBs. So, yeah. Well, I do feel like if we, if that, if, you know, if, if that interview that I took, you know, we took from that woman in Michigan now happened today, I'd be like, oh, you're from Boise. I've heard there's a great festival yeah. there. I hear there's a lot of cool music happening. And, and you know, and there's a lot of things that Boise is getting attention for now, too. So it, it's shifted in a lot of reasons. It and, is. And, I saw a very uncomplimentary uh, New York Times article someone sent me, a oh, Californian. Uh-huh. Letting me know oh, not to get too comfortable. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. right. Oh, yes. Don't get too comfortable, Mr. California. <laughs> Mr. California. <laughs> what are the numbers uh, now of attendees versus back in the beginning? Drew would be a better answer than that, but I think like that, 
I think um, it, it, to be honest with you, it hasn't grown exponentially. It's definitely been had a nice gradual growth, which mm-hmm. feels healthy. You know, it feels like I know, think so. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I feel like it's been a, we've been able to manage that. I think if I were to look at the numbers, it, it would look like it's grown a lot faster than it, than it has. For me, I'd be you know, it's kind of like when back to I don't know if being a parent when you're close to your kid the whole time, you don't notice the growth as much. And I right. feel like kind of like with that the festival. I think if I talk to outside people, they're like, it's so much bigger now, and it is. I can oh, yeah. I, I, I can better speak to bands. The first year was 140 bands. Okay, now we're at 450 bands. And that's three know, times as many bands. Yeah, and there's multiple forts, so it's growing a lot of forts. Right, and we. I mean, I can say maybe 30, 40 artists the first year, and now we're like 150 to mm-hmm. the story fort. Um, wow. So that's you know. Yeah, I think it's. I think that first year was probably about 1,500 attendees or something like that. The one thing, even from the beginning that helped, there were a lot of bands, and so they were also attending. So right. we sort of seated the audience with bands, which is... That does help. Just yeah. helpful. Have you... Uh, their, their fans, their family, their friends. Do, do either of you ever hear any grumbling about so much better before it got too big? A little bit. Yeah, I think, you know, price inevitable. point. Inevitable. Yeah, it's just... An, inevitable. It, it, it's inevitable. That's kind of how yeah. I feel, too. But I do feel like there's there's also people that were skeptics from the get-go, and I don't blame them for being skeptics that are fully converted now. They're You know, a lot of people from the music scene, I think... At first, which I get, you know, they're just like, who are these jerks? Like, what do they think they can do? And like, you know, and their band may not have been in it or or was, and they still thought it was lame. And but oh now, yeah, but now they've sort of through it, they've realized that even if our tastes don't fully align, they see that it's beneficial to the music community in general. Yeah, like, yeah. I think that I have a friend um, up in Ketchum who comes down for the festival, um, and he's like. He just constantly, the last couple of years, like, I can't believe this. you guys have all done this. And it's kind of, you know, it's like it feels good. It feels harder to tell from the inside, kind of. But he's very impressed with it. You know, just the way it's run, just is, um, it's and different than other music festivals, mm-hmm. you know. That's one thing I was going to ask about. Will you travel around, you know, the country, the, you know, maybe internationally as well, I guess. I know you've been to Canada a couple of times. Mm-hmm. How does, I don't know, how, what are those research trips kind of, what are you looking for? And also... Kind of how does Tree Fort mm-hmm. compare? I'm I feel like yeah. it's probably very unique, but I don't go to mm-hmm. a lot of fe- like a ton yeah. of festivals like yourself. It is unique, and I and it's not it's it's in large and this is something that comes up and and I and I always mention that I don't envy those that are trying to do these in you know something like this like say in the San Francisco or or, or or somewhere in Boise like the whole community really rises up ar- around it and that's what makes it u- unique in large part because the the size of us large part because at least before this, there wasn't anything like it. So I always, you know, I always like um, hedge that with folks, like not to make them feel too bad, you know, because some people have been like, you know, they're raving like, how did, what, what is this magic? I'm like, you know, I think it's a time and a place and it's the right, lo- you know, the, is why it works and there's such a community around it that is, you can't manufacture that, you know, it's like, we've had people come and study. I remember, in fact, one, I won't name who it was, but there were some folks from a different city that were like, we really want to do this. And it was a bigger city and they were, I remember they were kind of trying to chat with me during the like festival, and like it's just so authentic, like like oh. you know, it's like so what what can we do to do that? I'm like like you already you just screwed it up, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, and they their heart was in the right place, but you know, it's like you can't manufacture what I think has happened with this, and it isn't. It's been somewhat because of our approach, but also because of it, the community around it. You know? Yeah, I would say like for our story forward side of things, we didn't. I did never go research any of other festivals. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't even pay. I mean, I had been you, to some, but I mean, I didn't. You have been to some. I didn't model it after anything except for what we thought would be cool and fun and, you know, mm-hmm. quality and um, which I think if you do it well, I mean, I, I feel like our team has done like your team, but um, mm-hmm. that's, that's the genuine authenticity, yeah. you know, because it's like you're not trying to, yeah. you know, get a little formula together. Yeah. But um I, th- I, I just want to say real quick, I want to clarify too, there are other really cool festivals out there that are doing oh, yeah. cool stuff, but you know, there's something you, unique about how Tree, Tree Fort feels and others are accomplishing it in different ways. But um, it, It's sort of so. a kismet type of experience because I think part of the reason why you get what people are seeing is, oh, it's so authentic and it's mm-hmm. so loose, but together is because you were isolated. Yeah. You know, I've always said one of the problems living in a really big city is the minute you come up with an idea, 10 other people already had the yep. idea. Yep. And you can't get 
to the top. There's too yep. many people in yep. the way. So I, I think a lot of it has to do with yep. where you are. Totally. And that's and I and I recognize that. So I, I mm-hmm. so like I don't want to pretend like it was we're just some total geniuses or something. <laughs> you know, it's just like you know we're not. So not. I thought we were. <laughs> we're not. It's, it's like a lot just, of factors. We're good collaborators. We are actually out of time. We've had you here for an hour, but I don't want to let you go. It would be remiss if I didn't get to the origin of the name. Okay. Cool. So. Once again, yeah, I think so. We were so we knew the artist James Lloyd. So we, you know, that was predetermined. Like, okay, cool. We want something kind of fun and uh, maybe childlike, and just you know that kind of had that vibe. And then so we were kind of brainstorming. It didn't, you know, I've named a few bands over the years, and it took. It's sometimes a very like long, hard pr- process. Where'd you get Finn Riggins from? Oh, I don't even want to talk about that. Let's let's <laughs> talk about the better. No, okay. Like, <laughs> All right. Um, I mean, that one was we were trying to name it a character in a book. So it's kind of anyway. So. And then we just ripped it off. It works some, as a character oh, in a yeah. book, definitely. Okay. Yeah. So that at that time, that and uh, so with this, we were trying to brainstorm ideas, and and I and I'm, I was the one that put tree fort on the tables because I grew up with a tree fort in my backyard. I remember I think I went and visited my mom, and I was like, oh, yeah, what yeah. about what about tree fort? And it was one of those cases where like I was like, yep. Boise is a city of trees, I guess. And it's Fort Fort Boise. Yeah, and it was sort of like retroactively, it, it seemed a little too perfect almost, but oh. it, mm-hmm. yeah, it works. So. Isn't that funny? You can just knock yourself out trying to find the right name and then it just boink. Sometimes, and that's yeah. kind of how, so. Yeah. Well, my final question, maybe, would be basketball. Oh, yeah, oh, the, yeah, yeah. Mr. Rosen here, and I used to play a lot of basketball oh, together okay. in Seattle in and Seattle. other cities. I um, wasn't really playing. <laughs> lefty. You were doing I solid. Could, yeah, I could hit an open jumper, and that's yeah. it. Mm-hmm. But you did play a lot. We played a lot. What's your experience? Did you play in high school? I played a lot in high school, but I did not play for the high school team. Yeah, I, I was a free agent for a couple of different churches, uh, both like spirit, spiritually and, and uh, <laughs> on their sports teams. So. Yeah, and so I played three for the and the yeah. Mormons. And, yeah. who, brings, who brings the hoop to a tree fort? Is that, and, and, and. Is that oh, there's a hoop? There's a hoop. There's, there are games yeah. that happen. So it's called Rigskiball. They actually put it to bed last year and they, in general. That's right, so they didn't yeah. bring it last year. But they, on the back of their tour van, they had, they, they had a, a, a basketball hoop installed and they would host these three-on-three tournaments. In, Port, in Portland, started bringing it over to Portland. They were, or over to Boise, there were three-on-three tournaments, band versus band. So we did that for multiple years at uh, Tree Fort. I only played, I played a couple times, but... There's yeah. a cool picture. Well, there's some other, other musicians who play, and then Paulette mm-hmm. Jordan was playing. Was mm-hmm. like, ran for what if governor. Someone, and, what if uh, someone tears up a knee on the night it's of a risky. show? I mean, yeah. Doug Marsh plays. He's yeah. pesky. That yeah. guy, good he figure. seems like he'd have a good old man game. Oh, He's, he does. He's got a sick hit, a hook, hook. He does, yeah. Hook, hook shot. Hook shot. Yeah, <laughs> which is classic old, 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 old man ball. <laughs> that's great. But yeah, so that's He's not going to come back to the fest next year? Uh, I don't think so. Um I, I love that it happened, but once again, it's like what's it's like we we choose to do the things that other people want to do with us, and so if right. they choose to stop doing it, then we're not going to go. A good point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, Hoop so. fort. I like it. Yeah. All right, we're going to let you go now. All right. Thanks. We're going to let you go. You're doing. Thank you so much, Eric Gilbert, thank you. Fa- yeah. co-founder of Tree Fort Music Fest. Tree, Tree Fort Music Fest. Why we're oh, all here. Thanks. Thank you to Tree Fort. Thank you to Eavesdrop Studios. I'll see you at the fest. Yes. Yes. All right.